welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I am joined today by a singer-songwriter, a multi-instrumentalist. Um, he uh, has an album out that came, it dropped last year. It's called B25. Uh, he also plays bass in the funk band Conscious Congress, and uh, he runs Riverwest Records, which he is coming to me out of. I'm excited to talk to him about his passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. Uh, thank you very much, Brendan Demet, for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's Demet, not to dwell, but... Demet, okay, Demet. Uh, I should have asked first. But uh, yeah, Demet. Um, no worries. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um yeah, today is normally the day when I uh, just get to practice a lot. So started today with uh, some bass practicing and it always puts me in a pretty good mood. Right on. Good. I have uh, got my breaking and entering writing uh, done. Um, had some coffee, had some coffee cake. Uh, so I'm ready to go here, man. Um, where, so where exactly is River West Records? Uh, it's on Dousman Street between um, Wright and Meineke, right by the gig, oh. the closest uh, local landmark. Shit, dude. I'm actually, like, really close to you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I live on the 23 block of Wheel. So I'm oh, like, wow. Yeah, I'm between Meineke and North. So I'm, yeah. So Crazy. I bet if I yell loud enough out my window, you could probably hear me. You can you can probably hear me when I'm playing music loud enough. Yeah, true that. Uh, well, howdy, neighbor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, that's right. Isn't uh, was it um? Uh, you know Brandon Anderegg, don't you? Yeah, he's uh, he's one of my best and oldest friends, um, and we lived together for I think about two years. Um, or four years ago now we were classmates at uwm and uh i remember one time like i forgot my backpack i left my backpack in class or something and i had to come to his place in river west to get it so it was probably your house that's uh, that was definitely it yeah yeah it was like four years ago but uh <laughs> um sweet that's well, you'll yeah, have to come by again yeah i guess so now that you're uh right around the corner uh i have no excuse yeah yeah, I walk through there a lot. I um, I walk past the factory over there and uh, go on, hop on the Oak Leaf Trail. Um, yep, the tannery. Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah, I think it's uh, Sidel Tannery. Um, I really like this uh, neighborhood um, in general, but specifically uh, the few blocks around here are... Um, kind of they're all polish flats you know they're built as one floor and then raised up and a basement put underneath when the uh other generations of the family would move in so it was a lot of factory workers working in the tannery and i don't really know um what the other factories back there are though um and a lot of uh a lot of bars around here so the uh building I'm in right now used to be a third shift bar, I think most recently, um, called Smokies. 
And so it's the type of place uh, that would kind of open up at 6 a.m. to serve the first drink to those getting off the third shift. Oh, right on. That's that's dope. Uh, well, good little uh, River West uh, lineage story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, you ever go to a squirrel cage over there? Um, no, squirrel cage is the closest bar to my house, and I have not been there yet. I uh, I heard they don't have tap beer. Yeah, I've never been there myself. Um, I think that's it's a lot of uh, old older River Westers that hang out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I have not been in there. Maybe I should pop in for a drink one day when I'm not doing shit. Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah. I love I love this area though. I mean, I I walk through Reservoir Park a couple times a week. At least I try to. Yeah, it's great people, man. You you, you a lot of great dogs walking around here. You know, very true. Great people, great dogs. Um, yeah. Great people walking their dogs. Yes, it's great to put two and two together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Brendan, what we talk about a Mister Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity, and so. I knew who you were for a while because, you know, I started getting into the music scene and writing about local artists, but I think it wasn't until the, the, my, the birthday show I threw at Company Brewing a year and a half ago uh, when we first met in person. Right. I believe. Yeah. Very drunk, but I was like, oh yeah, dude, I know who you are. So was I. It was a good time. It was a, a lot great. of good bands. Yeah. Yeah. It was a blast. Um that I know, didn't you, um, you worked a little bit with uh, Will Frank and the Goodling Gang, right? Yeah, um, I've had them in the studio uh, a handful of times. Um, yeah, Will's a great guy. Uh, I'm, I got to know him through my friend, Zach Spiegler, who I met through working at Brass Bell. Um, yeah. And Zach recently um, moved to North Carolina along with his project, Mas Verde, but he played um, with the Good Lion Gang regularly. So I had both those groups in a few times. And yeah, they're great guys and good friends. Actually, um, I'm doing a, kind of a, an outdoor party next month um, through some of their friends so it's been really good to meet new people through them too right are you talking about the may 22nd backyard show by any chance i am yes yeah i'll be there man um yeah dude awesome. uh yeah those are great guys. yeah i love shout out to zach shout out to mass faraday um that's a great band great record that they dropped last summer yeah, uh, Will's dropping a solo record in a couple months here, and uh, that's right. Yeah, I, I I'm actually helping him kind of doing some PR for his rollout. And uh, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Will, great musician, great songwriter, great guy. Uh, he's a ball of a time. Uh, you'll find yourself in just really like interesting situations when if you hang out with him enough so uh 
Yeah, I, I love Will very much. Um, but yeah, I know that he's also kind of in, in the circle that you are of musicians that you are um, involved with, you know, like, um, you know, the Andy, Tori Oakham, Michael Sodnik type. Crew. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you're just going to name all my friends. Melissa, um, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I love all those people. Um, and uh, Tori was actually just on the show recently. Uh, that's right yeah i watched part of that um tori has played in uh in groups that i've put together um i kind of just do like when i when i perform my solo project live just put a random band together because i have so many friends that i want to play with that yeah it's more fun to rotate them um and now i have a lot of uh a lot of friends who know a lot of my songs so it's getting even easier to just ask people on uh on less notice and whatnot but yeah tori is an amazing bassist and guitarist um and usually she plays the six string bass when we play together a little tidbit about uh tori Oakham. uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's, they're very family oriented uh, musicians and uh, it was great to see the variations of their projects. So, Brendan, uh, let's, we're here to talk about you. Uh, okay. This is all about you today. So to start, um, where did you grow up? Where are you from? Uh, I grew up in Whitefish Bay. Um, went to Whitefish Bay High School. And then I went to college at uh, Lawrence University in Appleton, the Conservatory of Music there. It's a tiny little school um, that shaped me in a big way. Uh, it was very difficult. I entered music school um, pretty unable to read music. I could kind of read a staff, but uh, I had to kind of trace with my finger uh, to find the notes and um, I very quickly had to learn a lot so that took me from not really understanding theory at all to having uh, a great understanding of it I was in a kind of like a um, one level above the remedial music theory class it was divided into six sections and I was in the fifth section of six but then by senior year, I was having such a good time with music theory that I took 500 level called 18th century counterpoint in the style of J.S. Bach. And I was the only person who took it without being uh, without being forced by their degree. So oh, well. I'm it kind became, of a theory nerd. Yeah, became a, uh, an affinity, it sounds yeah. like. So now I'm obsessed and I um, teach all my students notation. I'm kind of strict about that kind of thing. And um, yeah, the theory uh, part of it has been a really big thing for me as far as getting into composing uh, and improvising. So my degree is in improvisation, um, which, uh, Usually when I say that, people think jazz. But at Lawrence, I was not on top of the, of the jazz heap at all. Um, 
I played in a couple ensembles. Straight ahead jazz still isn't really my uh, my thing or interest. Um, I can play some bebop. I can play changes, uh, but I'm more into fusiony stuff and what what the uh, improvisation part of my degree was was very avant-garde. So a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that you know you play for people and they say, "Is this music?" <laughs> yeah, like, is it music or is this an intellectual concept? Right. Uh, and when you, I mean, there's people doing doing those in tandem with one another, which is cool. Um, like, I mean, the whole vaporwave thing, that's kind of a mix yeah. of the two. Um, yeah. And uh, that being all said, man, um, where did it all kind of start with you? Like, when it, like, with, like, music when you were younger? So, what for one, what did you grow up listening to? Like, what did you have playing in the house? Yeah. Um... I started playing guitar when I was like seven. Uh, I couldn't really, I can't really like remember, um, you know, a lot of before that. So I don't really uh, no. I just kind of always wanted to play the guitar. Listen to a lot of um, a lot of rock music growing up in general. My parents like listened to a lot of Talking Heads, and um, that was probably the the band that influenced me the most as a kid I still remember um like dancing around the living room with my brother listening to burning down the house and yeah. the whole uh stop making sense live cd nice. um oh yeah then I really got into classic rock in uh in kind of late elementary school and middle school I was in a classic rock cover band and uh being a a band of 12 year olds playing classic rock was extremely marketable so we had some really good opportunities um we played at Summerfest um on all these you know all those stages that don't exist anymore like the M&I classic rock stage the Zippos rock stage which has gone under like three or four titles since then um so we played state fair um oh yeah that's a money maker yeah we did the brat fest in madison we did a um kind of the funniest thing i think we ever did was a uh a tour to wisconsin middle schools to promote drinking milk for the <laughs> wisconsin milk marketing board true story it sounds like something you'd make a movie you really enjoy in middle school about like that 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 definitely sounds like a late 2000s comedy starring like rain wilson or something it uh <laughs> it felt like a comedy i uh actually have the milk mustache ads oh yeah so. and now they're saying like yeah we were actually wrong um we don't need to drink milk um crazy how in 10 years that just like uh right changes you know 
I think that the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is still going to be pushing milk for a while, even if it's not as quite as good as we thought. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm I'm more about the oat milk and the almond milk these days. Yeah. I uh I buy almond milk for the shelf life. I just yeah. don't drink a lot of milk. Use it in baking and cooking, I guess. So yeah, I don't either. I only use it in my coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I, like I can't remember the last time I had like a bowl of cereal. You know, it's been well over a year. Um, yeah. So anyway, so your so your cover band uh, promoting milk that was in middle school. Yeah. So that band was super successful, um, relatively, and me and one of the other guys kind of ended that band, broke it up, and started a new one um, that was more of a jam band. So at this point, we're uh, getting into high school. I think we were sophomores in high school at the time. Listening to a lot of Fish, uh, Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. you know, classic improvisatory rock bands. Did you ever come uh, see, did you see Widespread Panic when they were here? I have seen Widespread Panic a few times, but I'm not, a, I'm not as big of a diehard as a lot of my friends are um i know seeing them at uh was it the riverside is like a big deal like people come to milwaukee just for that specific panic show yeah it's always the three nights before halloween yeah yeah i'm not really yeah not really into that stuff but i'm sure like it's a fun show it's yeah they're amazing and uh as a guitar player, listening to Jimmy Herring is just always a treat. So that band's great. Used to listen to them a ton too. Um, Humphreys McGee was another big one that uh, I was really into and really influenced by. So with like playing a lot of this jam band music um, and being a little older, we started to play all over like bars and stuff. Um, I used to play at like the Up and Under and stuff and Fire on Water rest in peace to both of those um back when I was in high school and as I like as we started to play more and I uh started to look at going to school in Appleton you know we kind of played more around the state and then in college I did a lot of regional stuff um playing in Minnesota um Illinois Iowa doing little tours and stuff like that. Um, So that band was called Evergreen, which went from when I started it with my buddy in high school until right after I graduated college. Um, That ended in... uh, July I think of 2016 Hmm. and they kind of uh went and did their own incarnation of the band and without me and under a different name so at that point uh I was uh or I I just moved in here and started fixing up the house I put a lot of time into rehabbing it and uh 
I did everything myself with my dad and one contractor for some of it. And uh, my brother's helping out for a lot of it too, and friends. So put a lot of time into that. Got a job at a music store. Uh, it was Brass Bell. It's where I met a lot of uh, a lot of cool people, Zach included. Um, I also met my partner Andy there, and been making a lot more music with her in the, in the last few years. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you guys are in a band together. For crying out yeah. loud! At least one. Yeah, but um, dope, dude. Uh, in terms of. Uh, uh your solo stuff so was it kind of like did it was it sort of like after the band broke up after evergreen broke up uh when you really started focusing on like you know like what would become b25 yeah um i really wanted to do this type of an album for a long time um and it's just so daunting because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I had to, I had to just completely disregard um, that part of myself in order to do the album the way I wanted to. Um, because I also wanted to maintain a very live feel and improvised feel. And so everything, um, everything on there is done in one take as in there's no copy and pasting. Um, the vocals, I just like sung the song three times and the third take was usually the best. <laughs> um, everything was done like that. So there's plenty of mistakes on it, um, but that's part of the more kind of natural sound. Um, some of those originals are tunes that I played with Evergreen. Um, but the uh, kind of one reason that that band um, dissolved was that I write a lot of music and uh, I think that some of that stuff was kind of hard to fit into the project. Um, and occasionally, yeah, didn't, uh, didn't go so well. So by the time I stopped playing in Evergreen, I had like dozens of songs that needed an outlet. Um, and I still have a bunch. So I started with a list of uh, 49 songs that didn't have a definitive recorded version. And uh, I called it down to six and then wrote a seventh song to round it out. It's quite a pool to pick from, man. Um, so what what became of the songs you didn't pick? Are they still kind of just sitting there for the future? Um, yeah, they're sitting around. Some of them are are being saved uh, for specific projects. Um, Conscious Congress. There's kind of three or four of my originals at least that are only Conscious Congress. Um, I've got another project called Bird Brain which uh, is one of my favorite, it's, it's probably my favorite musical outlet to write for. Um, 
And as far as playing, it's, it's just a, an amazing experience. It's um, Mike Ritter on bass and Paul Westfall on drums. Oh, fun. Yeah. And it kind of uh, evolved from like Brendan Demet trio shows um, probably three years ago-ish now. I think our first Bird Brain show was in maybe early 2018. Um, but those guys are just unbelievably talented musicians. And uh, it's, it was really hard for me to find uh, anyone who really meshed with my originals, um, especially the more complicated ones with lots of chord changes and lots of extensions that are more influenced by like jazz harmony and stuff and mm -hmm. mixed, uh, mixed time signatures and all that good stuff. But Mike and Paul picked that stuff up so quickly <laughs> that it was just not an issue at all. Yeah. Um, and the way that those guys play is um, is just like definitive of the sound of that band, I consider. Um, really both, I can't speak highly enough about both of them, but Mike plays so much um, kind of synthesizer influence stuff. And that's really uh, something I'm into too, like electronic music um, and just using synthesized sounds in like jazz fusion and stuff so that's been huge and um both of those guys are good with a drum machine so we've done shows where we'll midi sync like three different drum machines and then kind of all be improvising along with this more like electronic aspect of it Pretty cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping to do an album or something with them. Uh, it's it's hard because I want to. Um, that's like a very rewarding project for me, but it's hard to find a, a good outlet for it. Yeah. There's not a lot of places to perform right now. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, hopefully in the next couple months that will change. Um, as people are vaccinated, but um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like some interesting stuff that there's not a whole lot of. It sounds pretty unique. Uh, so I'm, I'll definitely be looking out for uh, for Bird Brain. Um, yeah, that's that's my that part project is very near to my heart. Yeah. Why did you choose to call your uh, record B25? Where did that come from? Um, B25 is the model number of a guitar that I happened upon. Um, I was working at Brass Bell and um, a woman brought this guitar in and wanted to trade it for a digital piano. And I traded her through the store, knowing that I was going to be the one to buy that guitar immediately. So um, it was kind of like a, you know, a lucky, um, lucky find. And I guess I'm kind of into numbers or something. So 
I was 25 years old at the time when I got that guitar. B25 just seemed fitting that that model would just fall into my lap. Wow, man. It's the forces of the universe at work, you know? Right. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, there you go. Uh, works. Um, I like the song uh, Up All Night a lot. That's a pretty interesting jam. It's almost eight minutes. Yeah, that's uh, that one got a, a nice outro. Um, I needed to have some kind of improvised, uh, more avant-garde thing. So the outro for that song was kind of a, a good excuse. Um, that's one that I used to play with Evergreen, and it's I've enjoyed playing it live for about like six or seven years now. Yeah. And it's also one that my friends like to request. It's my friend Brandon's favorite song of mine. He requests that at uh, a lot of shows he comes to. So it's nice to uh, have a song that people remember and that people want to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, uh, it's very eye opening when people can identify something that you made and, and like, into it and uh, you know it it's like that wouldn't be there if you didn't decide to make it you know and, and take the right. risk of being a creative you know um so tell me about uh little pieces you dropped that one as a single too yeah little pieces um this is a newer one that <laughs> great example of bird brains abilities they were the first band to play it i wrote it in a really short amount of time um usually a song takes me like a couple days to maybe a week to um polish the chords and get lyrics written and everything because you just you know sleeping on it really helps so <laughs> but occasionally um once every year or so i just sit down and write a song and it all comes out at once and it's like i can literally in order write the words and the chords and everything um so little pieces was one of those and i wrote it and had a gig with bird brain that night mm. so no one had ever heard this song except me <laughs> and then on the gig i gave them the chords and we played it for the first time and it was excellent. <laughs> that's, that's they nailed awesome. it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of um, that scene in Dewey Cox in, in Walk Hard. You've seen that movie? I love that movie. Kind of reminds me when he just, like the band, when they're in the studio and no one knows the song he's about to play. And he's like, you just follow me. And then like Dewey Cox's new song, which which uh, was recorded 15 minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. Sometimes that stuff does happen. Yeah. When you have when you have great musicians like Mike and Paul. Yeah, that's funny as hell, man. Um, so uh in terms of your solo material, uh are you working on uh what what's next? Like what what are you up to now? Um well, I'll probably um, have another solo record at some point. 
uh, I'll just dive back to little pieces here for a second. That was another new song that uh, was influenced by the way that other people influence you. Um, kind of being impacted by your surroundings and also the idea that people can change. Um, so the analogy I used in the chorus was just for like a tree drawing water from roots and then shedding leaves. Um, yeah. Kind of wanted to talk about how people grow and change in that way. Cyclical comes in cycles. Yeah. Right. And you pick up little little pieces from all different people. Um, you know, certain things that I do are because I've watched my older brother my whole life. And so, you know, I subconsciously or consciously inspired by him. And then musically, obviously, you can take a lot of influence from the way that people play and the way that people hear things. Experience little pieces from every single person I interview on the show. And I've interviewed hundreds of people. So it's like I, I could take away something from every single episode, you know, if like mm -hmm. if I'm doing it with intention, which I definitely, you know, try to. And that's why it's like it's it's really crazy, like how with an open mind you have access to portals of possibility um and it's easy to do in milwaukee like great because milwaukee is not like a huge city you know i mean it's mm -hmm. still definitely a city but it's not like overwhelming you know it's pretty accessible like and mm -hmm. it's easy to it, you can find your niche if you like you know if you just apply yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I definitely get the little pieces uh, part of it. I, 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 think, I, I resonate with that a lot. I think that um, um, part of it too is being able to kind of being able to change and pick the, the ways that you're influenced by other people as well. Um, you know, kind of like you were saying, having an open mind and a, a willingness to change is what allows you to pick up those little pieces from other people. And, um, and also to get rid of the things that you want to get rid of. Most people have a little bit of self-improvement yeah. or at least ideas for it. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um recognizing that you know your lived experience uh is very different from every other lived experience and uh, you know there will be overlap there will be ways it intertwines but you know this you could learn something from everybody and that's why yeah like you have to part of i feel like the human experience is a willingness to adapt and change mm -hmm. so that's exciting uh that you know you have uh more stuff uh, you have in the works. Yeah, the next project though is um, is going to be one I'm working on with Andy. We're making an album um, that'll be her first 
like full length album. Cool. Um, oh. Compared to her EP that she put, or she's put out a couple EPs now. Um, so we're working on writing material right now, um, polishing some stuff, and then we're going to be recording kind of over the summer um, and hoping to release it uh, in late fall. Right on. Big shout out to Andy. Good for her. Um, yeah. Yeah, I first met her at FemFest uh, two years ago. Talked to her because that was when she, around when she was going to drop her second EP, I believe. And uh, yeah, I was at that show. Yeah, that was that was a fun day, but that's exciting. So uh, once shows will gradually start coming back, um, you going to start playing with her? Um, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, she kind of um, put together a band for her first EP release um, that I played bass in. And we're probably going to put together another band to play this material, um, which will be slightly different because there's the material is just pretty different. The other EP that she made was awesome and it had a really kind of poppy sound. Um, so that putting that to a live band is a little different from what we're doing. And I'm kind of, uh, kind of producing, uh, this next album and going to be playing a lot of the instruments. So my, uh, my background is, is going to come through a little more. It's going to be a little more, um, acoustic, more rock and roll, um, so yeah, fun stuff. Looking forward to it. Um, Me too. I'll I'll be there. I'll come see you guys. So that actually, speaking of, um, tell me more about Conscious Congress and how that band all uh, came to be. Yeah. So Conscious Congress is a funk band, um, and you know, a large for me, a huge part of playing music is just the uh the social aspect of it and having people that you really can uh gel with on a on a musical level but also a personal level mm -hmm. um and so patrick and i have been friends for years we met in like 2012 or so um he used to tour with my band evergreen he would drive us a lot of the time. He went out to Colorado with us, um, I think twice. So we've known each other forever. And kind of while that was going on, started doing shows um, that either he or I would organize just with kind of random bands. His band uh, with rotating members was called VB's GB's. And he still, I think he still does those shows occasionally. But um, what happened is we had a really good VB's GB's show where um, he had asked DL to play and DL plays in um, From Any Angle, which is a cover band that uh, Patrick's in as well. And so they had met through their cover band and we did this gig um, with more of Patrick's originals um that i played bass on and it just gelled right away 
I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I felt super uh, connected to DL right away. And we, uh, yeah, we just kind of hit it off, played a couple more shows together and then just started the band. And it's been a ton of fun. We're all, uh, we're all just really good friends. So it, it's nice to, um, to have that really uh, kind of casual and easy relationship. Yeah. Well, when you're friends and you're playing funk music together, I'm sure it's a hell of a good time. Yeah, yeah it's a ton of fun. And um, it kind of worked out because like Andy wanted to start a funk band specifically. Um, and VB and I wanted to, or Patrick and I, I call him VB, so I got to say Patrick so people actually know who I'm talking about. Um, Patrick and I had wanted to start a band for years too. And so it just kind of like all came together at the right time. Yeah, good, good, yeah. Um, so what are you guys working on? Uh, we're planning on doing some recording uh not sure if we're gonna aim for an ep or an album and we're just trying to keep busy so playing live shows is how we have fun and we're doing a couple festivals this summer um glacier valley which is run by yeah. party party really cool i was um i was kind of blown away i hadn't been to a small festival in years i love small music festivals there's like nothing almost nothing i would rather do with the weekend than go to a tiny music festival um that was one thing with my old band where we spent the whole summer playing festivals almost every weekend um and a lot of those would be like jam band festivals which was cool but then going to glacier valley the lineup is much more diverse and so there's a bunch of different bands and uh, different stages. Yeah. And it's all at a really nice campground. The whole thing's just really well done. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. Um, and that'll be like right at the beginning of summer, you know, like it's mm -hmm. right when I'm sure a lot of people are, it'll be a little, you know, it's obviously going to be a lot safer than it was before to do it. And also, mm -hmm. like, yeah, it'll just be, everyone's going to be just so thirsty to get back into live music because not only is it the livelihood for many people, but it's also the the reality slip for a lot of others, too. It's, a, it's an escapism. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, done on a campground, I mean, like, uh, what, what's there not to like, so. Yeah, it's pretty perfect. Um so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Good, good. Cool. And then, um, in terms of Riverwest Records, like, so I know you said you, you know, you moved into the place and you renovated it and stuff. So, like, what made you, what gave you the idea to, like, have, like, a whole, like, fledge out an actual studio that, you know, you, did it kind of come from, like, recording yourself and just deciding, like, oh, I can help other people, too, type thing? Yeah, it was recording myself and recording friends. Um, and I think a lot of it is uh, 
focusing on the things that uh, people want and what people find uh, valuable. So for for most people, the challenge in recording music, I think, is having a big space where they can record drums. Um, basically, anyone can record at their home. You know, it's 2021. Here we are talking to each other over the internet. Yeah. Recording is super easy. Um, so, you know, are recording studios really relevant? In some circumstances, yeah, definitely. But in some, definitely not. And uh, with making music, um, you know, what's the point? Uh, depends on the artist, but a lot of people want to reach others and have their music be heard. And so to spend an incredible amount of money um, on a recording studio to record a project, put it online, um, and essentially release it for free is not economically viable for people. Um, and it doesn't have a lot of what people want to see, which is like other content, video content and photos and that kind of thing. Um, you know, and so before the pandemic started, my thought was, I just want to get bands in here to set up and play live and I'll record them. And now I've got a bunch of video cameras and stuff too, but um, people are, you know, welcome to bring in videographers and stuff. And it's just kind of a, a canvas for people to use for videos and um, kind of the live studio sessions have become really popular. You know, people want to watch a video of musicians playing. Um, it's more engaging than listening to just a recording. Yeah. That's why I do the audiovisual thing with this too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, then when the uh, pandemic hit, it kind of shifted. Um, and a couple friends just asked me, hey, can we live stream from your studio? And I was like, sure. And uh, the first time someone did, you know, they just like set their cell phone up and I did a bunch of streams just from my phone or from other people's phones. And um, yeah, it sounded okay, but I, um, I basically invested everything I possibly could in like buying new computer, cameras, uh, video switcher, and a new mixing board um, and just kind of figure out how to do it right. So, yeah. so now the stream quality has improved a lot. And uh, I think most bands are, are really happy with how it sounds in the room and listening back to it. Yeah, dude. Good. Um, what have been some bands that uh, you've worked with uh, in the studio? Um, so many good ones. So I'm going to leave a couple out. I just had Groove Grease back in um, for the third time, maybe. Um, cool. Maybe the second, but I think it's the third. They're really great um, instrumental, um, kind of like soul jazz almost. So mm. they, they kind of play a lot of like um, old school organ type funk soul. Um, but then they also have a lot of originals 
um, that their keyboardist Andy Schultz writes, I think, well, and Nick Miller writes a lot too. So I think it's mostly those guys writing. Um, but their original tunes are great and have more modern sound. And, uh, you know, the, those two guys listen to, I think all of them are Fish fans. So there's a little bit of the jam band influence and they've got synthesizers and um, all sorts of good stuff. Groove Grease is really good. Who else have I had? Um, I just had Cat and the Hurricane. They're excellent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've um, uh, we've covered them a couple of times on the site. Um, yeah, they're they're a lot of good energy, very um, peppy pop music. Yeah, yeah, um, they were they were just great to have. I'm trying to think of who else. I just had a friend um, do some solo cello. My friend Ian Wasserman. Um, who's a UWM student. So I'm kind of trying to branch out into more um, styles. Um, I really like to listen to all kinds of music. So I'm trying to make it a, a you know, non-discriminatory, just any, any style. Yeah, it's expanding your palate, um, broadening your, your own personal, uh, um, collaborative horizons, mm -hmm. but that's well, cool, dude. Uh, cool that you know you have a a resource for musicians to um, record and to make great music, but also to uh, show that great music to the world um, right. with the visual component uh, makes it uh, very engaging. So good stuff, man. Uh, if anyone, if people want to get involved, uh, if someone wants to come check your space out uh what do they have to do just reach out to me um most of the business emails go through riverwest records mke at gmail.com um otherwise just find me on facebook or something i'm pretty easy to find he, he makes it very easy for you folks yeah. um yeah i too <laughs> yes i mean so do so do i yeah um at the end of the day we're just guys just guys being dudes you know right yeah just a couple of dudes right um well brendan i appreciate you being on the show today to talk about your music about your projects about your studio um now Can that i tease one more thing yeah please do so uh on the horizon for river west records is uh some big stuff and i can't say too much yet so this is just a teaser but we're uh looking at doing a large community event and hopefully a uh a festival so just gotta make sure that things are gonna be open and safe before we finalize any details i like the sound of that it's very very uh intriguing so uh I hope to hear more soon. Cool. Yeah. So on our way out, Brendan, I ask everyone the same two things. Uh, the first is what keeps you up at night? Um, mostly just melodic fragments. <laughs> There's a Frank Zappa song 
where he talks about going to sleep and hearing the guitar in your head go and that's basically what keeps me up at night uh, that's gonna keep me up at night now too uh the second question is what puts you to sleep uh, also melodic fragments yeah hit or miss uh, yeah tonight or last night and this morning it was uh dean town a student of mine wanted to learn that on bass so i learned it yesterday but yeah it's always just little bits of melodies and if i don't remember if i can't tell where they come from then i write them down yeah <laughs> oh dude well uh the theory uh definitely uh helps then um Absolutely. if you want if you uh you hear something in here you can put it out down here so mm -hmm. good shit man thanks for being on the show yeah thanks for talking to me that uh for everyone watching i'll be tagging brendan demet uh for his uh with his uh record b25 uh, you can go stream that uh also be tagging conscious congress uh stay tuned for more from bird brain uh stay tuned for Andy's new record coming out and uh, check out River West Records if you are so inclined. Mm -hmm. uh, located right here in River West, um, obviously. Uh, thanks for uh, uh, watching Mr. Nice Guy. We will see you next time. Cheers.